Welcome to the Hot Ticket Podcast. It is Thursday, September 28th. This is episode 21. 20, um, 21. <laughs> uh, my bad. Yeah, you're not close. 21. We've, uh, we've been off two weeks. Well, it's been, this is two weeks. Skipped a week. Yeah, we skipped a week. Um, I was in Denver, so we had really no way of doing the podcast. We could have. We could have probably tethered something together, but it would have sounded like complete shit. And quite honestly, I didn't feel like working while I was on vacation, so. And I was at home, drinking. That sounds nice. <laughs> well, sounds pleasant. I mean, it was, it was decent. This is lonely. <laughs> Sad. <laughs> well, Denver was cool, in case you wanted to know. It was pretty awesome. And of course, so last week, episode 20 is an episode that for me is really special. Probably will always be my favorite episode, regardless of, you know, how fun some of these other ones are. And yeah. The shit we talk about and the laughter and all that, obviously for, I mean, it's pretty obvious reason. So if you haven't listened to episode 20. The only reason we couldn't listen. do a podcast last week is because Lauren continued to cry for over a week and we couldn't settle her down to do a podcast the following Thursday. Yeah, we just couldn't couldn't make it happen. She just couldn't stopped crying like two days ago. Yeah. It's pretty intense. It was a pretty intense two weeks. <laughs> um so the cool thing was is after that podcast we left the very next day to go to Denver, which was a real treat. It was my fifth time being there and it was a lot of fun. Real treat, you mean wait, is that a play on words? No, it was not it's not a play on words. <laughs> It was actually, it was pretty enjoyable, but you know, I got, I got freaked out. I wasn't the only one that freaked out. Everybody on the goddamn plane was freaked out. So we had a direct flight out of Cincinnati to Denver, which was awesome because there's no layovers, just fly straight there and be done with it. So as we're approaching, they're saying, okay, well, we're entering our final descent, dirk dir, going down, down, down. And they said, okay, approaching for landing. We feel the landing gear come underneath us. And then we hit a pocket of turbulence. I fly all the time. I fly all the time. Every time I hit Denver, my turbulence is terrible. Dude, this was unlike anything I've ever felt in my life. Being, I would consider an expert traveler, I was even scared. I, was, I threw up like four Hail Marys. I don't even believe in God. I was just like, <laughs> you cannot let me go down right after an engagement. This cannot happen. A bunch of people's voices and you say like, oh. <laughs> oh, there was, dude, people were freaking out. So the crazy, so what it ended up being, which I think the worst part was, is we were going through this and, you know, I felt the turbulence and we were, I mean, we were bouncing, literally people were bouncing out of their seats. You can hear the trays and the silverware behind us, just like wham, wham, just hitting the walls. Just like everything is moving, shifting. People are bouncing in their seats. Yeah. The worst part of it, in my opinion, was the pilot wasn't communicating with us. Almost like he's thinking... You know what? If we're going to go down, I don't, I don't want to talk about it. I just want to, if the shit happens and it hits the fan, no reason in fucking panicking anybody. We're just going to go down. It's like, <laughs> I thought we were going to die there. <laughs> Man, did anyone else feel that? <laughs> yeah, it was, um, it was really intense. So what happened was, they put the landing gear down. We hit this pocket of turbulence. Shit's going fucking crazy. Like, I was like, we're inside of a tornado right now. Th- that can be the only possibility. It was that It was that crazy. So, landing gear goes down, still making the descent. Next thing I know, engines 
full fucking boost. Like they had to take everything's up. winding down. It's like, and then it's like, and this dude, the fucking plane just takes off, and they're climbing, 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 still hitting turbulence like fucking crazy. Everything's rattling. Next thing you know, it's like calm. Yeah. Pilot comes over, like, uh, just want to let everybody know, uh, you may have felt and experienced a little bit of turbulence there. I just want to assure you that uh, everything's fine. We're safe. We're being safe. We're being cautious. Currently, the runway's experiencing some heavy east to west winds and uh, would not allow us to land. Uh, we're not the only ones. There's other planes in front of us. There's about three other planes looking Please for a land. Please tell me this was Barack Obama, your pilot. Uh, it might as well have been. <laughs> and uh, he goes, we're, we're going to circle back again, and uh, we're going to go for attempt number two. And I was like, Jesus Christ. Fly right back around in a big ass circle. Yeah. Fucking landing gear goes down. And then the fucking plane is falling apart. I'm convinced at this point engines are falling off the plane. The wings are getting ready to just like just completely buckle. I was like, we are gonna fucking die. Like we are and Lauren's sitting, she's looking at me like like both of us are trying to remain calm. Like what the, f- and the guy next to us, another expert traveler could totally tell. You can tell when other people oh, yeah. know their they're shit. They're a little bit more, they're more yeah, just kind of calm. Relaxed. Yeah. Even that dude, he's like gripping the thing next to me and he's looking at me like, Jesus Christ, dude, <laughs> what is going on? And I was like, fuck. So landing gear goes down again. We hit this pocket of turbulence. We're descending, descending. Next thing I know, engines full throttle. <laughs> And then we're right back up in the fucking air. Pilot comes back over and he goes, uh, still experiencing some pretty heavy turbulence. Um, we got news from ground control uh, that uh, we're actually inside of what is called a microburst. I didn't know what a fucking microburst was. Is it like a... I'll explain in a second. So he says, strong winds east to west. We hit a microburst. I don't know what a microburst is. I can't get online. We're up in the air. I'm like, until we get on the ground, I don't know what a microburst is, right? It's like micro. It's like, that didn't feel small. <laughs> They're not. So we follow tail another three planes. They're coming in. We had to go all the way down and then enter in on another runway that was going north to south. So we weren't hitting the winds. We weren't hitting like straight into Direct the on. wind. We could actually land. Third attempt comes around. Landing gear goes down. Hit turbulence, and like everything's shaking. Spoons, forks, knives are just flying all over the place. But we make it down. We're still in turbulence. Like as we're landing, we're ten feet off the ground, and I still feel it. And then finally, when the wheels hit, I was like, everyone's like, oh, like fuck, thank God. Pilot comes over, says we apologize for the inconvenience. Uh, we were hoping to be in here 20 minutes earlier, blah, 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 but we're safe on the ground. And I assure you that we, your safety is always at hand and blah, blah, blah. I look over some Asian ladies just throwing up everywhere. I look to the front of me, some ladies hurling in the aisle, just fucking vomit everywhere. She's running to the back. Some other dude way up front throwing up. You're just like, <laughs> you just hear people like, sounds like a soft punk, like vomit. Dude, it reminded me of the movie Airplane when everyone eats the fish oh, and just starts sick. throwing yeah. up. Like that is what we expect. Like, people, like you could, <laughs> the one lady's rushing down the aisle and she's just like, <laughs> and she didn't even make it to the bathroom. She like threw up again. But there's throw up in the aisle. They're like, pilot comes back on the thing. He goes, uh, anybody who's behind aisle 15, you'll notice that there's a little bit of puke on the ground 
we'd ask you just politely step over that. We're going to go ahead and lay some paper towels down so you don't see it. I uh, wish but they if you could just step over it on your way out, that'd be fantastic. I wish they would have used something else like, uh, they're vomiting in the back and we laid the... Uh Sand and wood chips. Yeah. <laughs> we sprinkled they, some sawdust on it. Well, they, yeah, exactly. What they do like fucking like King's ball Island. stadiums at Kings Island. Yeah, no, they uh, they didn't do that. They just laid some papers over it. Apparently, so anyway, we landed. We got down safe and sound. But of course, the first thing I do is I get off the plane. I'm like, what is a microburst? Just instantly go to my Google machine. It's like there's there's two things, and a microburst is essentially. A small amount of pressure away from from tornado. Tornado. Yeah. And the reason is, is tornado is high and low pressures right. that merge together that cause spinning, that cause a funnel system. Right. A microburst is high and low pressures that form together, but they don't activate a spin. The only thing they do is they densely compact one another. And what a microburst is, is just imagine like a sack. Sacks are meant to hold things, right? Right. So imagine a cloud is now a sack, and it's holding hail, it's holding water, it's holding wind. Yeah. And then imagine you take a needle and you poke poke the fucking sack from the bottom, and everything just comes spilling out. Oh. That's a microburst. That's cool. So heavy winds, heavy rains, hail, the whole thing. And it's like, I didn't realize this when I looked it up. It's really common in Denver. And like back in 2016, so a year ago from like literally last June, yeah, someone died in a microburst. <laughs> like they're, Holy it's shit. like they're that bad. Cause like I was thinking like microburst, what is that? Just like a little bit of rain, like a, like a quick spritz. <laughs> no, it's a real fucking problem. Apparently like it's like, so I looked it up and I was like, wow, science. Holy shit. We almost died. It was pretty intense. It was wild. But we made it down safe and sound. Um, the next day, I got to see Tom Segura at the Paramount Theater in downtown Denver. Yeah. We were there for his live taping of his Netflix special. I'm pretty sure Lauren and I are going to be on the special, which is really Hell cool. Because yeah. a cameraman came down when we were waiting outside, and he stopped with us. He was, like, filming, and he stopped right where we were at and filmed both of us. Hell yeah. I was yeah. just like, fuck yes. So there's a possibility that we'll be... Kind of in the beginning part of his special, Sweet. hopefully, if they use that film. Yeah. So that'd be pretty cool. The best fucking comedy show I've ever been to, hands down. I've never laughed. I, dude, I laughed so hard. I was like, I was, I was hurting. Like, my sides were hurting. I thought I cracked a rib. Like, I was like, <laughs> and the fucked up thing about it, and, and I don't know why they did it. I don't know if they were asked to do it, but there was a show before us. Yeah. So he did two shows that night. And people were walking out of the first show, and they were just like, like one guy like walked past us, and he's like, "Dude, shitty show. Headliner fucking sucked." Like, and everybody like, no one was laughing, like no one was like smiling. I was just like, "Dude, what if this is his worst show ever?" And you got to experience it. I was like, "Fuck, man, it's gonna be off to like a horrible start to this vacation." We get in there. His opener was great. His opener was on for like ten or fifteen minutes, and then he got on, and I didn't stop laughing. Like, I literally hurt myself. Like, my abs were sore the next day. And Lauren never seen... She's never seen him live, and she's never really heard much of his stuff other Mm. than what I've played. Yeah. And she likes your mom's house podcast. That's, like, her favorite podcast to listen to. And she was dying. Like, we left and both looked at each other like, that was the funniest shit I've ever seen in my life. Like, when... I can't wait for a special to come out for other people to see it. It was that hilarious. Hell yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah, we did all kinds of shit, dude. We hiked every day, like, four hours in the mountains almost every day. Went to Boulder, went to some of our favorite breweries. It was awesome. It was a good time. 
let's 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 play comparison, mm-hmm. right? Sure. Um, you tell me what you did. Just one thing, one cool thing you did on that day, and then I'll tell you one cool thing I did on that same day. Okay. In an opposite part of the country. Pick a day. We'll start with Friday. What did we do Friday? The first Friday? We almost died on an airplane. This last Friday, we were coming back, so nothing fun on either Friday. Um, I picked up. So you probably had me beat. Dog piss and dog shit off the carpet. From my dog? <laughs> <laughs> Thomas is the best. <laughs> Why'd you do that Saturday? He's awesome. Uh, the first Saturday, like uh-huh. the Saturday we got, uh, the Tom Segura show, and then we actually hung out downtown and ate at some really good restaurants. I had a work meeting. And I also picked up more piss <laughs> <laughs> off the carpet. <laughs> Fantastic. I mean, we could keep going through the days, but I'm just going to forward you. I feel like you. we know the comparison. There's a trend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the trend is I did some super cool fun shit and you sound like you had a nightmare <laughs> of a time. <laughs> he was good, though. He's a good dog. We ran into some um, outwardly aggressive bullhorn sheep. On a hike one day, mm. I thought they were going to molest Lauren. Um, she jumped into a ditch. I jumped in with her, and uh, <laughs> I climbed out of the ditch and started taking more pictures of him. She's freaking out, like, let's go. Like, we got to move. <laughs> They're just, like, running towards us. Oh, shit. <laughs> the only reason they ran towards us is they were on this, like, bullhorn sheep. They scale sides of mountains. Yeah, yeah. They're really nimble. Like, they can they can move on mountains, like, steep inclines. Like, it's... It's crazy yeah. watching them. Like we watched a whole herd of them just walk across the mountain. I was like, that looks like it's straight up and down. They're just incredible. But what scared them was, is there was like a, a work truck coming through because it is like a reserve. Mm-hmm. And the work truck scared them off the side of the mountain. It so was it's, like hurting them. So it was towards running. You. Yes. It was, they were running away from the truck and towards us. <laughs> and, and in the fall, they're super aggressive because they're mating. So they said it's not uncommon to see two males like pounded out with each other. Oh, which I thought cool. you meant like pounded out, like they hump each other. No, like pounded out, they hit That's each like, other with their horns. Damn, you tell me when they they pounded out, and then the winner pounds it out with the herd of ladies. Okay, we saw some mule deer, which is pretty cool. Mule deer are like regular deer, but they have big ass ears. Their ears are massive. There's huge ears. I got pictures on my camera. I'll show you. Yeah. Like, but we got like five feet away from mule deer, and I'm just snapping pictures of them. There's a little baby. They're totally like nor They're way too used to humans because they're just kind of like oh, walk- sure. they like walk with you, and you're just like, "What's up, deer?" It's like right next to you, and it's just looking at you like he's like, "Yo, man." He's like, "You're on my territory." Yo, like, man, you got any the edibles, man? One of them hikers last time yeah. handed me an edible. That's that's another crazy thing about Denver. There are dispensaries everywhere, and they are the classiest places you'll ever go into. Like, they are, like, high-tech. It, it's literally high-tech. It's a high-tech pharmacy. Craziest thing I've ever seen. Super professional. It was, it was pretty wild. You get all kinds of stuff. It's pretty legit. They look like, they look like children's vitamins. They do. They put them in, like, pill wrappers. I mean, that's... <laughs> it's, seriously, it's like... The, I, I know it's an industry, but goddamn, it's a fucking industry. Yeah. The, all the bends and stuff that they pull from, it's just like a pharmacy. Like, you have to bring up an order, and they have to pull it for you. It's really... It's it's professional, which is good, right? It's not yeah. some, like, guy in a dark alley, like, lacing shit up. Like, these people know their shit. It's, it's pretty cool. It's like, hey, man, come here. It's like, 
but it's like a dark alley. Man, I got this shit for you. It's like, can we just do this out in the light? Because like, or like go inside someplace. It's illegal, right? It's like, no, man, we got to do this in the alley. <laughs> yeah, it's it's weird because you smell it. You smell a lot of people smoking it. More people eat edibles while you're there. Sure. But I'm pretty sure about 65 to 70% of the city's high at any given time. I would it's believe that. It's that common. Like, it's just, it's everywhere. Dispensaries everywhere. People high everywhere. The beer there is unreal. Like, we went to Breckenridge. We went to Boulder Beer Company. The best beers you can get. Shout out to Urban Fox. I have to throw this out there, which is a brewery of Lauren's friend's boyfriend. He makes a ginger beer, which we actually went to. I like a, ginger beers dude, every it, once in a while. They were really good. Like, his was really good. I took a picture of it on my Instagram, like, tagged him in it and stuff. Their ginger beer is awesome, and they have it distributed throughout downtown Denver. So That's we, cool. we went to one of these rooftop bars that had it on tap and tried it. Lauren and I went there and tried it. It was really good. Exceptional. I wouldn't give him a endorsement if I thought it sucked. It was actually really delicious. I actually told him, I was like, be nice if you had this shit in cans, which they don't have them in cans yet, because I would have loved to brought some back or like at least be able to ship some over here, because I like lighter beers. Yeah. It's really good. Hey, man, you want to try this shit out? What is this? The edibles, man. Oh, yeah. I mean, why, why, why can't I just like buy them? Because like, these ones got like fucking acid in them. Yeah, laced up edibles. <laughs> you know people are doing freaky shit like you that. You know there. they are. They're putting shit in the goddamn gummy bears. Oh, they're fucked up. People, LSD, man. People are fucked up. Um, so anyway, Denver is awesome. Glad to be back, though. Missed the pups. Not going to lie. That, that's always hard when I leave them. Hawaii was like the only place where I was like, yeah, I could probably just leave my dogs at home <laughs> and just stay here forever. Denver, yeah. not so much. Like, you want to come home from Denver eventually. Dude, Ripley was losing her shit with Tom. I'm not surprised. That was the most jealous dog ever. If Tom even remotely came near me, Ripley was like, up your she ass. was way up me or like biting at him to pull him away from me. God. He's so non-threatening. No, he's, he's just a big teddy bear. He's not. He's not threatening at all. He just kind of walks around and just does weird shit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's retarded. Like I think he's actually I think he's like autistic for a dog. Like he's something not right about him. <laughs> he just like if he could speak. He's really <laughs> yeah, that's exactly him. He's just real dopey. Fun. Pammy. Yeah, pretty much. Good dog though. I miss my babies. So I'm glad to be home. Glad to do the podcast. I miss doing it. So it kind of sucked not doing one last week. I was, it was like Thursday came around. I'm like, I need to be doing a podcast right now. Instead, I think we went and saw it. We saw it in Denver. Fuck. I need to still see it. I'm excited. God damn that movie. Like, it's not that it's so free. Like, I think, like, Conjuring, um, Strangers. What's the other one that's like Conjuring? Insidious. Insidious. Yeah. Those are scarier movies. Those movies freak you the fuck out. It has an incredible story. Yeah. And I'm glad they're make, they're splitting it up so they can they have more content. They split it up, which is awesome. I didn't realize that the original it back in 1991 actually aired as a special a on ABC. It was a TV, it was a TV show. show. I was like, what the fuck? I didn't realize that. It, it never made, it wasn't theaters. It was a Yeah. What you both? Dude, that's literally what he sounds like. <laughs> Freaky. I'm the beginning. You're just like, I'm what the Pennywise fuck? Pennywise the clown. It's freaky. That's what you should do for no, Halloween. That's strangers anymore, Juji. That's pretty much what he sounds like. That little cumber patch or whatever his name is. Baby anyway. cumber patch. <laughs> Cumberbun. What's his Cumber- name? 
Yeah, Timothy Cumberbund. <laughs> I'm, is it even a Cumberbund? It's not. It's um, I that, forget. That guy's a Skarsgård. Skarsgård. Yeah, yeah. I he's can't the remember. Younger, he's the youngest brother. A Skarsgård, a Cumberpatch, a Cumberbund. <laughs> I don't know. What's your boot? Dude, there's there's parts of that movie where, I, and I'm not going to spoil it because it still is fairly new. There's still I, time I, to watch I, yeah, it. Also, I mean, I'm I'm a huge call following of the original. Even though it's I hard to spoil it. The ending. It really is hard to spoil. There are certain parts that you can spoil. It's hard to spoil if you've already seen the first one because oh, sure. it matches so closely to the first one. I, I know the lore of the first one. I know how it ends. I've, I've seen it several times. Yeah, they kept the scenes really, really similar. Characters act the same way, which is really yeah. cool. I, I just... Uh, I want I want the subtleties, the subtle changes yeah. to surprise me. That's all. You really need to see it. Like, I don't know. It's more gory because the original. Oh, it's gory as fuck. Was portrayed as a PG thirteen show. This one's rated R. It's it's terrifying. It's terrifying. <laughs> it's terrifying. It's crazy. I did the VR experience of it. That scared the living shit out of me. <laughs> it freaked me out, too. You have to go through the sewers. Oh, and I did, my God, I did yeah, it in my that. daydream VR. It scared the piss out of me. Because there's moments where he gets up in your face. He's like. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, I'm, like, I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> like, there's, there's really not a whole lot in the movie that, like, it's not, it's not that kind of jump out at you, really, necessarily. It's just creepy as motherfuck. Yeah. Just the weird. I feel like whoever wrote the original was like obviously Stephen King wrote the book, but even just like directing the scenes, you're like, these are some fucking crazy people. Like these people yeah. have to have some fucked up piece of their brain. So how do you think of that stuff? That's what I thought when we were watching the whole movie. There's a reason it broke box office records though. The highest grossing horror movie horror, ever. Horror movie ever. In the US. In the US, yeah. And I also Exorcist has still beat it out nationwide but i think it's gonna win and i i feel like we also side subject about box office records i think we need to be conscientious that our world's only getting bigger with people yeah and movies are still very big yeah they like they made that comparison there wasn't as many people around for the yeah so it's kind of like you gotta put you're, an asterisk you're expected on to it. break records yeah. every decade because more population there's more population and there's yeah. more access to movies of course and even if you looked at it at that by that standard, you would expect it almost to do even better oh, yeah. than yeah, Exorcist. Yeah. Exorcist must have just been a legit fucking movie back in the late seventies. Yeah. To pull that kind of box office record. Fuck, you're your first never mind. Uh, I need to see it. Yeah, just go watch it. I would watch it in the theaters again. It was that good. It was fantastic. Anyway, so moving on. Yesterday, which was Wednesday, the twenty seventh, Huge Hefner died. I know. Ninety one years old. King of porn, classy porn, not like two girls, one cup porn. <laughs> uh, yeah, he finally passed away. I think and people are like really sad, but part of me is like, the dude's fucking 91. 91 years old, and you spent your whole life fucking young hot girls. What? There's he's nothing Betty, sad about he's it. He's Betty White age. Yeah, there's nothing sad about him dying. They had to have been the best death ever. Yeah. So, yeah, he he finally faded away. How do they Rest say in peace. How did he die? Huge Hefner. I think it was just old age. I think he was just, just probably his heart stopped. He's probably jerking off in the corner, like apparently he likes to do, and he just fucking gave out. His heart just stopped. He just, he was like, get, and then just heart stopped. He came, and then heart stopped. Yeah. 
I don't think he, I don't think there was a stent in the hospital or a center, a nursing center, or anything like that. I think he just passed away. I think he just probably fully erect or partially erect because he's so old. Maybe not erect at all. It's like he went out on top, but like literally he was on top of her. Yeah, like four girls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, um, he had a fucking crazy life. We were reading, actually, we're reading through some of the weird shit, and I was telling Chris that there's, uh, and I've read this before, Holly Madison wrote a book, and there's some things that were extracted from her book, let's call them bizarre behaviors that he had while they were staying in the mansion, so we were kind of reading over those, and of course, we're going to share them with you guys. Um, number one. Yeah, you read it, and I'll, I'll quote it like in a female uh, bunny. Yeah, so, so number one, though they publicly denied it, all girls were expected to participate in Hef's bizarre bedtime group sex ritual. I, I didn't immediately realize that all girlfriends were required to sleep with Hef, Madison says. Uh, number two, Hef would take photos of his girlfriends and him every night before they went out and have them delivered to each girl's, each girlfriend's door the next morning. The photo is like only amplified the massive pressure to always look perfect and cause girlfriends to spend hours critiquing their appearances. <laughs> uh, this is my favorite one because he's just so outward about it. Hef offered Madison a quaalude out of a crumpled tissue on her first night out clubbing with him. Um, this is what Hef said. So I can't be a bunny. Usually I don't approve of drugs, but you know, in the seventies, they used to call these pills the thigh openers. <laughs> so that's how he did it. Yeah. He wasn't attractive. No. He just Bill Cosby'd everyone. He did. He Bill Cosby'd everyone. Jesus Christ. Fucking weird ass dude. Among his bizarre set of mansion rules, Madison writes, were that the girlfriends change into identical flannel pajamas before a bedtime routine. That sounds fun, but it sounds like something like, a group of, like, teenage girls do. It sounds fun until an old man forces you to do it. Yeah. It's all fun if it's just the girl's ideas. But when it's a fucking old, horny man who's already got some. I mean, what did we read Madison, earlier? Madison, you coming to movie night? Yeah, I have. Well, you're not if you're not in those goddamn pajamas. <laughs> oh, I have. Oh, I like this one, too, because it reminds me of me. He would watch porn, smoke pot, and jerk off while his girlfriends and whoever else happened to be joining them that night pretended to get it on around him. Oh, my God. <laughs> Roughly a third of bottle of vodka sloshed around in my stomach. There was zero intimacy involved. No kissing, nothing. It was so brief that I couldn't even recall what it felt like beyond having a heavy body on top of mine. <laughs> oh, that old saggy sack. <laughs> Oh, it's so crazy. I'm not, I, the only part I'm going to read from this one is the fact that he made his two sons sleep in the same rooms as some of his girlfriends in the house. I mean, though they never stayed over when I was there, there were still toys scattered across the bedroom floor, which made for an incredibly odd and frankly creepy juxtaposition. <laughs> oh, dude, like, isn't, there's got to be some legality issues around that, right? Wait, they weren't in the okay, not in the same room at the same time. This they they shared the same room and one was gone and the other one slept in it. Is that 
I think there at some points there was some of Hef's girlfriends with the boys at the same time. At the same time, Jesus. She herself, Madison, was not didn't personally experience that, but she would find toys in her room. That's crazy. Uh, He would constantly create drama and infighting among his girlfriends and randomly changing his long-held positions or household policies to favor one over the rest of them. That's just kind of vindictive. (laughs) He's playing favorites, bro. You don't have to read that whole thing. (laughs) But it's, it's got literally him at the end. Yeah, he just sounds like an asshole. Yeah, he just he's just a creepy old dude. And you know what? To be in an industry Why? like that for such a long time, you'd have to be. Why that red lipstick looks absolutely wonderful on you, Kendra. Oh, just so And like, goddammit, have what about mine? You know what's weird? Is that I used to watch that show that they were all on. Oh yeah, yeah. So what Kendra Wilkinson, Holly Madison, there was like one other girl. Yeah. And they were all his girlfriends bottom hose at that time and every time i looked at it i know what they're doing obviously right like they don't love him she clearly makes that apparent in her book even in these excerpts that we're reading it's very apparent she never loved the guy kendra wilkinson never loved him right yeah even though they were his girlfriends or whatever she's now married to that ex-football player he's a massive dude i don't know about the other girl but at, like, at what point do you just sell yourself out to be a part of something like this? Sure. Like, when do you make that decision where you're like, you know what? Might as well go all in. I've got no other prospects. You're like a crazy old fucking bastard, though. Yeah. I mean, surely they couldn't have expected that walking into it. They missed the expected money. That's the only thing I can think of. It's money, money and, fame. and fame. And it worked, right? Holly Madison has her own show. She wrote her own book. Kendra Wilkinson still has her own show. Yeah. So, to a degree, it worked. It's crazy. Yeah, he demanded that they were in by 9 o'clock, so they had a 9 o'clock curfew, which is odd. I mean, he wanted these. When you read this, it's like, you're mine and you're only mine. Yeah. No guys could come over, nothing. And, like, Hef kicked his feet, mustered up some questionable crocodile tears. Like, was he really crying? And I told them if, if they, and he said, I told them if they wanted to stay out late, they could move out. Yeah, that's yeah. I mean, as an adult, I'd be like, "All right, I'll see you." <laughs> yeah, bye. Nine o'clock curfew, and it's like, "What do you do at nine o'clock?" Because you know he's sleeping. So then it's like, "What are you doing in the mansion?" Right? Yeah. What are you doing for these? These girls were all in their twenties at the time this all came out. You're not going to bed at nine. You're not throwing on your PJs and going to bed. Oh my god! I mean, the, the stories just get crazy. Like Julian uh, Spalding said. Uh, <laughs> When it first gets started, a.k.a. sex, I'm going to tell you. When it first gets started, his main girlfriend gives him oral sex. Then she has sex with him. She's the first to go because she's the safe, you know, that's the safest for her. No protection and no testing. He doesn't care. Of course he doesn't care. God, maybe that's what he died of. Maybe he died of syphilis. Hef just lies there with his Viagra erection. It's just a fake erection. Each girl gets on top of him for two minutes while the girls in the background try to keep him excited. They all yell things like, fuck her, daddy. Fuck her. (laughs) What's even creepier is the way you're saying this. (laughs) (laughs) At about the minute mark, I pulled away and it was done. It was like a job. Clock in, clock out. It's not like I enjoyed having sex with them. Kendra Wilkins. Wilkinson. Of course you didn't. Jesus. He was 90. Years. By the t- when they were fucking him, he was 80. 
He was 80 years old. 80. That's yeah. an eight zero. That's a number that a lot of people don't live to. No. What can you do at 80? How are you productive? I don't know. You just smash skin his, together. His fake chub. You his fake smash. erection. <laughs> just smash skin together. Uh, but you know what? The guy did a lot of things. He's a great innovator. That's for damn sure. Yeah. So rest in peace, Hugh Hefner. You are, you will be missed. <laughs> Exploiting the sex of a female. Yeah. <laughs> to like, it's kind of crazy. I bet, and I guarantee most people don't know this about him. Yeah. We like to dig up the dirt, though. Yeah, like these are all dirty. from legitimate sources. It's because we're dirty. <laughs> um, R.I.P., bro. So the next thing, and this is a controversial topic, not as fun as talking about Hugh Hefner dying, um, but it needs to be brought up. And it, it drives me nuts on a few accounts, not because of the actions that were taken, but because no one can figure out what the fuck it means. And there was this whole thing last week, of course, it all started with um, Steph Curry and the Golden State Warriors had made a decision not to go to the White House, visit the White House, because they won the championship last week, last that, year. That's ridiculous. That's completely ridiculous. Um, so they decided not to go to the White House. They're not going to be present for the event because they believe some of the rhetoric and some of the things Trump has been talking about. And, of course, the whole white supremacist thing and, and his demeanor about all that. They're like, you know what? We just we don't want to be a part of it. Do you go to parties that people are hosting that you don't like? Yeah, of course. You don't fucking go to parties. I go to parties all the time I don't like. Really? Because I'm forced to. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, I don't. <laughs> Yeah, you, you, no, you, just, you, just, you just if you, you don't, don't like the person, you don't go. Correct, and that's and they that's the statement that they made. So then Donald Trump comes out and says, basically, "Fuck you, Steph Curry. It's an honor and privilege to come to the White House. You don't want to be here. That's fine. I'm uninviting you." That's literally what he tweeted, like a kid, <laughs> like, like, that's fine, Johnny. You don't get to come to my birthday party. Like that is exactly how he responded to the situation. And of course, then LeBron comes out, and because of that. And the whole Kaepernick taking a knee thing, the entire NFL decided, you know what? Let's stick it to Trump. The NFL taking on Trump is a bad idea, and Trump taking on the NFL is a bad idea. <laughs> makes no There's sense. bad ideas all the way around. So everybody kneeled during the national anthem, which I don't necessarily agree with. Is this with. supposed to be like a pay-per-view fight, like a Mayweather versus like... Like, are they just hyping up a like a public stunt for like the craziest like blockbuster I, you fight? Know, I don't know. I always, I always believe there's a conspiracy theory behind everything. The conspiracy theory to me is this: NFL ratings are down. Sure. Yeah. So how do we get people to pay attention? Sure. By pulling a giant stunt like right, this. Exactly. If we can engage with the president and get the attention of the person who's a leader of the free world, maybe people will tune in. Just to watch the craziness. Yeah. I think it had the adverse effect, though. I think so. I think the ratings are down over the past two weeks. But part of it also, yeah, that's true. I was watching people like, they literally brought on people um, on Fox, uh, a dude that burnt his Steeler jersey. Oh, yeah. set it on fire in his yard and like posted it. Yeah. And and I'd also tell people this, right? It's crazy to me how people... We want everything in bits. Everybody wants just to digest small chunks of things. Yeah. They don't want to read full articles. They don't want to do the research, pay attention to the actual stories that are going on. One of the things that was like really disheartening to me 
And I even found myself doing it a few times until I really found out, okay, what's going on? And the Pittsburgh Steelers are a perfect example. You just mentioned them, the guy burning his jersey. Yeah. The Pittsburgh Steelers didn't decide to kneel during the national anthem. They decided not to come out on the field. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The headlines that you'll see were Pittsburgh Steelers decided not to participate in the national anthem. And then there was, I don't know if you saw Villanueva, which is one of their linemen, who is an ex-Army Ranger, was the only Pittsburgh Steeler to come out onto the field and stand for the National Anthem. But the dude also risked his life in like three tours over in Afghanistan. I think that's a, an important lesson that uh, a lot of people aren't paying attention to, which is why the guy burned his jersey. Whether it was right or wrong to burn a jersey as a form of protest to his team. I think when it comes to the team itself in these protests, um, sure, perhaps your pres your presidential candidate did not win, but there is one undeniable truth: we live in a fucking good ass country, with For or sure. without an asshole president. If you perceive him as an asshole president. Why you would bastardize or become, um, what's the word I'm looking for, uh, unappreciative of our nation just because of one fucking guy that's in office for a max of eight years is beyond ridiculous to me. Yeah, I see it the same way. And it's uh, what's frustrating to me. And I'm only making an assumption when I say this. A max of eight years. No, not, a, lot, a lot of this starts. So there's, there's two things that I can see that really started the bubble that burst on Sunday. The reaction of Steph Curry and Donald Trump and visiting the White House. Because then that sparked the whole NFL piece of it. But there's also the Colin Kaepernick piece of it that's been going on for a year. Those two worlds kind of collided last Sunday. So you're seeing people kneel during the national anthem as a result of Colin Kaepernick's efforts, and then you're seeing it because of the battle between Steph Curry and the Warriors and Donald Trump, and then Donald Trump saying all this stuff, and then he's going, okay, well, NFL, you want to do that? You're, I mean, he, he tweets like a little kid, right? Your ratings are down. doesn't yeah. matter. Your ratings are down. You're just poor suckers. Yeah. Um, and they've all started to battle each other. The problem is... And the piece of it that frustrates me is all these people are kneeling. All these players are kneeling. If I were to ask, let's just say I asked one team, one roster of 53 individuals. Yeah. 53 individuals. And I asked them, what are you kneeling for? What's the cause? Guarantee maybe two or three of them could tell me. It's like, well, Kaepernick did it. Well, they say they're kneeling in unity, which means if you're kneeling in unity, you have the same, you have a common message. There's a common theme. I'm telling you right now, everybody's kneeling for individual reasons. It's like, wait, wait, so we're not kneeling for pay increases? Yeah. <laughs> we're not kneeling because that black kid got beat up? <laughs> right. or we're, we're, we're not kneeling for the ball boy who just got his head ripped off? <laughs> like, wait, what? What are we kneeling? I guarantee you would get a different answer from anyone. So how is it a unity message if everybody else is going to give you a different reason why? Some, I guarantee... I. Fucking promise you, I fucking promise you, there are teams, I'm talking collectively whole teams, if you were to ask them, 
And let's just say it was off the record, one on one. You're in a dark room. They, they'd be like, they I didn't was, feel like they were like, like I was being forced to, man. I didn't have a choice. This is how we were expected to come out of the field as a team, and I was basically told you have to do this. Head coach, listen, boys, before you go out on that field, I need all of you to kneel during the national anthem. If you don't, it's four weeks suspension, no pay. Well, there's some controversy over the Pittsburgh Steelers thing. I admired the way they did it, at least from what Mike Tomlin said. Mike Tomlin is the head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers. His statement was, we weren't kneeling in protest. We decided not to come out on the field because I'm a head coach and these are football players and our job isn't politics. I'm like, that's a reasonable thing to say. That kind of makes sense to me. If you don't want to get involved in it and you're saying, it's not that I'm not, I'm not going out there kneeling. I'm not going out at all because I don't want my team to be thrust into this bullshit. I don't want them to have to be in front of booing fans and all that giant fucking bullshit. Sure. Mess, so we're going to hang out in the locker room. What irritates me about it, though, and you can see it in an underlying message, he said, as a team, we, I asked the team to decide 100% what we were going to do, and I was going to support it regardless. We're either going out on the field or we're not going out on the field. He goes, I demanded 100% participation and didn't get that, meaning he was ostracizing so, uh, Villanueva for going out of the tunnel onto the field for the national anthem. That's bullshit. Huh. So there's some underlying things there that I was like reading into. That's what I'm saying. Don't look at the surface headlines, which is what every, that's how everybody wants to receive their message. They read a headline and they go and tweet about it. NFL sponsors have reacted to take a name protest. It's like, oh Dude, my every, God. Everybody did. Every team. It was like the Browns did. Everybody did. And it's, you know, it's my thing is right. Freedom of speech. I On Fox it. News, Trump uses racist dog whistle to talk about NFL players who take a knee. It's kind of ridiculous. What, what irritates me about the whole thing, and this would be like my message to someone like Colin Kaepernick, and he may be doing this now because he doesn't have a fucking job in the NFL, but you take a knee on the field because you want to be a symbol of this unity message or this, these injustices against African-American African -American yeah. community. That, that was the reason you took a knee. What I would ask for everybody who's falling in line, what are you doing off the field? So when you're not grandstanding on camera in front of millions of people, what actions are you taking to, to, to rid those injustices? What I, are you doing off the field? I hope against my gut feeling that they are doing something. I pray to God they are. Because this is going to be all for nothing if they're not. Yeah. I am just as much for solving racial injustice as anybody else. But when you're grandstanding on a field, when you're being part of this unity message, when you don't know what it's for, or you're not acting on behalf of it outside of your job as an NFL player, that's a fucking problem. And that's exactly what I see Colin Kaepernick not doing. You don't see anything else he's doing. We call them fucking posers, man. Yeah, dude, Colin Kaepernick wore socks to a game last year that literally had police officer pigs on them. Like, really? That's the message you want to send? So the message you're sending are cops are bad? Cops are pigs? Unfortunately. That's not a unity message. No, and unfortunately you can blame mass media for creating very incriminating messages about of course, police officers as a whole, when in reality, you could probably meet every single cop in your area, and they're all nice people. 
for like the most part. 99.9% yeah. of police officers are generally pretty good people. Good people. I've met a lot of Only really takes people. a couple fucking crazy ones, you know? And that's what that's what gets reported. And it ruins about. it. The ones who save lives every day or do something that's meaningful in the community are you, never talked about. You got uh, you got coverage for a cop that kills a kid for three months, four months on the news around the nation um, daily, and they only cover a segment of the cops who play with all the kids in a rundown neighborhood, neighborhood. for like a day. You may see it on a video on Facebook. For like a fucking it. day. Yeah, I saw the um this one this one struck me as kind of odd as far as how it didn't make national news. It was actually an off-duty police officer and it was in Ohio. A car had caught fire on the highway and an off-duty police officer in a truck spotted the car, parked behind it. Car's literally in flames but people are inside the car. He fucking goes and busts out the windows. This is an off-duty cop. He's not a fireman. He's a fucking cop. Yeah. He's just a citizen at this point. Yeah. He's off duty. Busts out the window. An untrained citizen. <laughs> basically, drags out two fucking humans that are still alive out of this fucking pickup truck that's engulfed in flames, saves their lives, and I heard about it in a local newspaper, like a yeah. local article. Never heard about it outside of that. Nope. It's because it's not controversial. It's crazy to me. Yeah. I fucking hate I don't... I really... The, like, mainstream media, I hardly... The, if, the if one, I read something, I read, I read 10 articles as opposed to one. The wonderful things about human nature are just small snapshots in time compared to just, like, these huge drama, controversial things. Yeah. Like, it's, it's ridiculous. I mean, they're, all these wonderful things are, even if they're seen or so easily forgotten, unfortunately, because we're just constantly fed negative shit. All the time. You know, I've always wanted to see, like, those CNN reporters who are always creating controversial news or quote-unquote fake news. I know that's, like, the new hot term, but it does exist. Yeah. There are people reporting fake shit, and it's, it's being exposed every single day. I always want to go to one of those reporters, and I want to ask them two questions. Are you being asked and forced to write this stuff, or do you actually believe it? If they tell me they actually believe it, I want to kick them right in the fucking dick. I have a solution to this problem, although it's a product we're developing, actually for the... Well, I can't even say that either. Yeah, you should probably not say that. But I'm developing a product that could solve that, but... I my my gut feeling is is uh, one excuse me. There's obviously political agendas to any mass media outlet. You can't tell me there's not. There always is. Um the other thing is is it's their job to cover shit and release information to the public in as fast as a manner possible. So you're saying things not being fully vetted. What happens when you rush? Of course. You miss details, you, you miss get details. them wrong. They do that with every fucking terrorist yeah. attack that happens. It's like Dude in a box truck runs over 600 people. Oh, wait, it was 23 people. Oh, it wasn't a box truck. It was just a little small And then you got to basically pick up the pieces of your fuckery yep. for the next several months. And then people are like, okay, like so getting, what's really happening? You're just getting a pass for yeah. misrepresenting what's but going on. But for those on. who just see it the first time out. This is what happened. This is, oh, my God. Uh, yep. This is what happened. Oh, my God. You headline read it. Yeah. And then that's just wrote for you. Yep. 
You're not going to take the time to spend to fucking look into yeah, it further. We, we like things that are digestible. Yeah. And snippets. Yeah. And small little forms, not in mass articles that you have to actually read through. I just, I just know that at the end of the day, it's about getting to consumers quicker than the other person. Quicker and something that captures their attention. Yeah. If it's right, wrong, or indifferent. Yeah. It's just to capture attention. It's like, we'll fix it later if we fucked up. I'm interested to see. So I'm going to watch the game tonight. I'm going to go out and watch it. I'm, gonna, I'm interested to see what happens at that game. Because most teams kneeled. A lot of them did on this past Sunday. I'm curious to see what happens tonight and on Sunday. It's hard for me to say if I was caught in a moment of severe peer pressure. Because I feel like that's also part of it. Oh, you could tell. You could um, tell it made people uncomfortable. But I would strongly feel in my heart that if I was in a situation like this, and I was one of those players and one of those teams, I don't want to cause any animosity with my peers, but I would fucking absolutely stand up for what I believe in. Yeah, And if I yourself. felt like taking a knee was the wrong action to take because I was a fraud or I wasn't going to follow through or I wasn't, you know, I would have fucking just went out there and stood. And I would have yeah. fucking put my hand on my chest and fucking did it. I don't care if the if I look like the goddamn odd man out. Yeah, you're going to do what you think's right. Do what you think's right. That's what Villanueva did, which was really cool. And you have to admire and expect it. You, you have to expect it from him. He's a three. He's He was in the Army Rangers for I forget how many years before he started playing professional football. Three tours in Afghanistan. He won some silver medal of bravery for something. Yeah. Dude's a total fucking badass. He's a monster. If anybody who was kneeling, and this would be my challenge to the opposite side, had or wanted to take issue with the fact that he came out in the field and stood for what he believed was right, you deserve to be fucking punched in the face a hundred times. Yeah. You're, you're, you're out there with your message of unity, and I, everyone has the right to freedom of speech. But adverse to that, so does he for standing what he believes in, and that is he believes in the flag, he believes in America. To me, it's like the weirdest, like, passive-aggressive action you could possibly take. It's really strange. The whole thing, to me, has been really strange, and, and it's weird because people are talking about it, but they're not talking about it in depth. They're not talking about it as if they're talking about it as if it's a surface-level issue, and I'm like, do you people understand, like, what is going on right now? We talk about division in the country. It's like... Let's start with the fucking NFL. Holy shit, what the fuck is happening? People are going out onto the field, kneeling, and the fans are up in the stands booing. Yeah. Holy fuck, when has that ever happened? That has never happened in the history of the NFL, ever. Yeah, and this really comes down to, you know, what, what, would, uh, what would have been a better approach? Is you go out there and truly stand behind and believe in your country? I don't care if you don't like the leader or not. Yeah, you can say fuck you, Donald Trump. But. Yeah. Um, but actions speak louder than words. And taking a knee is not an action, in my opinion. It's a fucking cowardly act that is not supported by true, substantial action to truly uh, make a statement um, for... F- trying to address issues with the country. Yeah, so that, that's exactly, that was my point when I was making earlier. You've made this statement by doing this. What action do you have as a follow-up to it? Yeah. What are you going to do now off the field? There isn't going to be any. If you want to create unity, 
or allow the disjustices in the fucking world to disappear. What actions are you going to take when you leave that field on Sunday? What are you going to do Monday morning? What are you going to do Tuesday? What are you going to do Wednesday? Or are you just going to go back to your practice and you're going to go ahead and play another game and it's all going to fizzle out in three weeks and no one will ever be fucking kneeling again? What statement are you going to make and what action are you going to back it up with? Yeah. Why don't you fucking go to your own city council or local councilman or state, write letters, attend hearings, speak your mind. You're, You're obvious. The stars of the NFL are influential. Are you speaking out at certain, not rallies necessarily, but gatherings, get-togethers. Are you educating the communities of which you are around about racial injustices and coming up with plans and strategies (laughs) to minimize it? (laughs) As if, like, one of the players didn't even know what was going on, and, like, all of them went out there, and they all took a knee, but he ended up taking a knee because he had to tie his fucking shoelaces. It's like, oh, shit, no, that's not me. (laughs) It's like, no, no. And he like stands no, no, up and no, it's like too no, late. No, that's not me. Oh shit. It's like goddamn a shoelace sometimes. <laughs> anyway, I, I had to talk about it because it's a really big thing now. And I watch a lot of football and I paid really close attention to everything that was going on. Even when I was in Denver and the whole shit started, I was paying a lot of attention. I was reading a lot of yeah. articles. I spent a lot of time on Twitter. I was tweet tweeting. Yeah, I'll do a lot. Tweet, tweet. I made I made some lady real mad. <laughs> <laughs> So if anybody wants to see what I said, you can, you can follow me on Twitter. It's pretty funny. You're going to get hate mail. Oh, she was, she was not happy. She was one of those, uh, whatever. She was leftist for sure. That's, that's whatever. Um, but anyway. I'm a lefty too. So let's. Uh, like writing style. Yeah, writing style. <laughs> uh, let's get off of this just fucking depressing shit. Let's play a game. Hey, last point right before we do this game. Yeah. One of the biggest flaws I see in a significant amount of U.S. citizens is this sense of self-righteousness Lack of and self-entitlement. Oh, of course. Like, like they have earned or that, that, that they're entitled to earn things that they haven't really truly earned. And feel like people need to fucking hold their hands in their life. Yeah. It's really, that's pathetic. And it's, and that mentality is 100% against the ideologies of, of a capitalism, capitalism society, which come on people. We are a capitalist society. We sure are. Have been for a long time. So, um, newsflash, if you want something, fucking go out and take it and earn it. Yeah, I don't agree. sit back and expect people to do this shit for you because it ain't gonna ever fucking happen. No, definitely not. Anyways, that's a rant, but <laughs> I say I, I could have definitely kept going. <laughs> I had totally another topic to piggyback off on yours, but I'm gonna do what I normally don't do, and I'm gonna keep my mouth shut, and we're gonna move on to a little fun game. Oh shit! A little fun game called Would You Rather. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so Chris and I played Would You Rather, I think two episodes ago, three episodes ago. Yeah. And we had a lot of fun with it. So I wanted to bring it back cause I like ending on something that is like a little bit more, it's a lot, it's a little a bit lo- more levity. It's levity. It's kind of light. It's fun. Yeah. It gives everybody an idea of as far as how you and I think they really are kind of looking into our souls now. Yeah. Which is fantastic. 
the collective audience is inside us, which is pretty um, cool. If you want to see me in all my entirety, you can visit me at chatterbait.com forward slash dynamite fist. <laughs> You'll see his fucking brown hole, his, his big brown face in the screen. I, just, I do a lot of butt plugs and um, I, I surprisingly play with a lot of candy. Ugh. Does that turn you on? No. I'm your brother. That's true. Uh, all right. So let's start. Would you rather? And this is just, would you rather? No explanations? You can explain. Okay. Uh, number one. Okay. Would you rather shit out 1,000 gallons of mayonnaise or 20 rusted nails? Is this in a public setting or private? It could be private. A thousand gallons of mayo or 20 rusted nails. I mean, 20 rusted nails can do some serious long-term damage, but I understand I'd be on the toilet for nearly six months (laughs) with mayonnaise. A thousand gallons of mayonnaise. Um, Hmm. That is the equivalent of probably three million people coming in my ass. <laughs> Accurate. <laughs> um, just without the pain. Yeah, just without the pain. I think I think I could get creative on how to still have an active lifestyle. <laughs> <laughs> with the mayonnaise situation yeah. than I can with the nails. So I think I'll take the six months of shitting mayonnaise. I didn't say six months. I said a thousand gallons. Well, I'm assuming a thousand gallons would take me six months. Or a thousand's a lot of gallons. It is. It okay. is. I think Don't worry be... about the time. Worry about the quantity. Does it all come out at once? No, I mean, just, okay. just a thousand so gallons. It just, maybe it just regenerates like in my body and I'm sure. like, it just won't go away. Yeah. I think I'll take the mayonnaise. Mayonnaise? Yeah. You know, I thought the same thing when I first asked myself this question, but I would do the nails. I'd do the rusted nails. And let me tell you why. Could do a lot of damage. Probably going to hurt. But I've also had two kidney stones, and I know what pain feels like. And I think I can, I think I can, um, I think I can. You said rusty nails, though. Yeah, I did say rusty nails. Um, I also pissed out two sharp, jagged, edged fucking rocks. That look like tiny little meteors. <laughs> I think I could handle 20 rusted nails, honestly. I think my digestive system is tough enough. Are they like the twisty, like, they're wood just nails? Na- they're just nails. Just solid steel nails. Oh, well. Just with I was a sharp they tip were the, and a little head. Part of me was thinking they were the twisty ones, and I just imagined them just, like, getting stuck and lodged in my bowels. Just 20 hammer nails. Just steel nails. I think I would much rather do that. I think I think I could talk be, just because it would be a lot more short term. It would be. That's something I could probably squeeze out in a day or two, as opposed to, as you say, I don't know what kind of math you're doing. Six months of shitting out fucking mayo. Yeah. One, I hate the smell of mayo. <laughs> <laughs> I I use it weirdly, but I just uh, that would it would absolutely. I, because here's the thing, I wouldn't just shit, I would shit and throw up at the same time. Because there's no way I could shit mayonnaise without throwing up. I could so, shit nails without throwing up. So one gallon, 
equals uh, eight pounds ish, I think. Um, eight pounds, I could easily pass maybe one two one to two pounds of mayonnaise out my ass a day. So we're saying eight thousand pounds, right? Yeah, eight thousand pounds. And you're saying that you could do how many pounds a day? One to two pounds, probably. All right. So if we're saying maybe more, but eight thousand pounds divided I'm assuming by a, I'm assuming a normal digestion. <laughs> so that's four. Okay. So that that means four thousand shits mm-hmm. divided by three sixty five. That's that's almost eleven years of shitting. If you were to do two pounds a day. Uh, significantly longer than six months <laughs> that's literally 11 years of shitting mayonnaise 11 years of your life you're gonna be stuck shitting mayo it's like in my 30s all I I'm not trying to talk you out of it because like, I know where I would go yeah, the damnedest thing in my 30s, I shit <laughs> mayonnaise for 10 years, the entire decade. How are your 30s? Shit mayonnaise. Shit mayonnaise. <laughs> I, like, I ate steaks and hamburgers and broccoli, but everything just came out mayonnaise. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you're a mayonnaise on nails. Cool. All right, I'm, I like the ones we don't agree on. Um, number two, we got to rush through these because we're, we're just over an hour. Uh, would you rather lick a sweaty armpit or smell a sweaty taint? Oh, and by the way, each of them have to be same sex. Like male? Are you a male? Yeah. Then yes. Taint or lick? You have to lick a sweaty armpit or sniff a sweaty taint of the same sex. Well, I know for sure if I licked a sweaty armpit and hair obviously would touch my tongue, <laughs> I would immediately gag. <laughs> um, if I stick my nose to a taint, sure, I'll smell shit. Someone's asshole's going to be in your nose. <laughs> but I smell shit every day. <laughs> so... As long as I'm not physically touching him, I think I can endure the scent. <laughs> so I'll okay. pick smell a taint. All right, Chris, going with smell a taint. I agree with you. I think I would smell the taint. I, I'm, I agree with you in the fact that I don't think I could handle someone's hair being on my tongue. <laughs> Is that why you're laughing? It, yeah. <laughs> if it was a shaven armpit, I could probably, I could probably lick do it. it. Yeah, yeah. But like a whole fur, the a hair thing, of no. fur and sweat Mm-mm. and the taste of sweat. That's nope. So, I don't think I could do it. I'd rather just go into the butthole. Like, oh, <laughs> like, oh fuck, it's in my I'd, throat. I'd rather just do a couple, just a little, be done with it. And one of the hairs gets, like, stuck to the back of your tongue, but, like, hanging down your throat and you can't get rid of it. (laughs) All right. Cool. Well, we agreed on that one. Uh, This one's, you know, because everything going going on right now as far as gender equality and what's your pronoun, I thought this would be a good one. Would you rather be a girl with a penis or a boy with a vagina? Oh, man. 
knowing that males tend to masturbate a lot more than females, mm-hmm. as much as I would appreciate a vagina, because I don't have one, <laughs> part of me feels like my, le- my libido will be challenged, because I feel like women probably aren't as horny as males, and probably because of testosterone and having a wiener that we I just... Think that's subjective, but continue. But having a wiener that we just can't keep our hands off of. Um... I think I'd go with tranny, and there's a lot of reasons for it. Uh, they're both trannies. Well, they're both trannies, but I mean female with the dick. A female um, with a penis. A she-male. Um, mainly because, one, it's a, career, it's a good career path that's becoming more popular on Pornhub. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think the idea of seeing a dude with a vagina is less appealing. Um, both socially, but also as a career path in porn. Hmm. Okay. So you took it to another, you, took it to, <laughs> you, you added another layer of complexity in there that I wasn't anticipating. Yeah. Which is good. Which is good. I appreciate I'll that. I'll get a she-male. <sighs> you know, this which is a, probably the wrong term. I, am, I apologize. No, it's not. It's the right term. She-male is the right term. Okay. Um, I struggled with this one even when I read it, and now I'm struggling even more with it. I. You want to be an unsullied, don't you? I know what it's like to touch a vagina. Yeah. But I don't know what it's like to just be able at any moment in time finger blast the fuck out of myself. Sure. But I. But in the same breath, I have an asshole, and I don't finger it very often. Hey. Good point. So you know, part of me is. If I'm a hot ass chick and I got a dick, yeah, I could masturbate to myself essentially. Think about how hot of a girlfriend you could have, and fucking just tits, just crazy you tits. Hot ass girlfriend, dude. I could blow on my own tits. Yeah, how crazy is that? Yeah, I just I think I talked myself into my answer. And there's a lot of money in it. There's a lot of money in it. There's a lot of money in female action. Yeah, I think I'd have to go with uh, the female. I think a uh, chick with a dick. Yeah, I'm in. Absolutely. Yeah. That's a, I'm, yep. Definitive. Okay. Question number four. <laughs> Would you rather have sandpaper hands or no genitals? Sandpaper <laughs> hands or no genitals. <laughs> I can tell you, for as much as I masturbate, I kind of know where I'm going with this one. Lack of genitals means no orgasm unless you do some serious, crazy, no hands type of no private parts orgasms, which is possible. You can have body orgasms, uh, I think. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I know I can get creative with sandpaper hands. Okay. Um, soft gloves, mm-hmm. maybe like shag carpeting mm-hmm. or... A layer of protection and softness. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing is, is while masturbating would be good, um, I feel like I would have a great career in carpentry, and um, I would probably be a contractor. Um, one because hmm. if you're the foreman and you're like, God damn, I spend like 
$500 a goddamn month on those sandpaper plates for our, for our, you know, drills. I'd be like, dude, you don't fucking need that. Like, just let so, me use my fucking so hand. So you're saying occupationally, you have an advantage. Right. And um, you can get around the whole, I'm oh shit, how am I going to masturbate with my yeah, sandpaper Yeah, I would just hands. fuck a latex vagina. A fleshlight. Yeah, yeah. The new dolls, the new robot dolls. Yeah. Sure, sure. I think I'd go with sandpaper hands. I, th- I think I would too, for those, for those very reasons. For those very reasons. I think I can get around, you know, oh shit, oh, so I don't have my hand. I just go fuck my couch cushion, for Christ's yeah. sake. Yeah. You know, whatever. Lots of ways around it. Yeah, there's, there's ways around it. Be a little inconvenient, but you're right, occupationally. You I mean, half the time I'm choking myself anyway, so it's kind of like, <laughs> man, I'm not you're even touching a, my dick. Pulling, a David, <laughs> pulling an old David Carradine, as we like to call it. <laughs> All right, uh, final question, then we'll wrap this shit up. If this, this okay, um, this isn't a would you rather. This is just a yes or no. Okay, so that's all I can give. If you were flexible enough, would you orally pleasure yourself? Yes. Yeah, In seemed, fact, I've already tried it. It seemed, <laughs> so. seemed very, it was a very sure answer. <laughs> Um, Hands down. <laughs> let's roll back the clocks. Um, I was 14. Did you uh, Marilyn Manson yourself and rip out a rib? I tried to. It was a very difficult task. I remember explicitly um, in mom's bathroom and uh, I had my head back towards the door and I was trying to flip my legs over my head. Um it was challenging. I didn't quite get there, but there was a lot of just like neck stress and like, uh, uh, like sticking out your tongue, just, just trying to just, just breathe, just to touch it. Um, but either I was not limber or my dick was not long enough. (laughs) (laughs) There, um, I've been asked this question before, ironically enough, by, that's one of the reasons I started Believe. stretching more. Um, one for hockey, one for pleasure. <laughs> there was a time when I was playing drums that I could get both my legs behind my head. And although I never tried it, I assure you, because of that flexibility, I definitely could have. I, I definitely could have just did a little... Yeah. little... Boop, 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 boop. Um, I probably wouldn't have been able to, you know, go full bore, but I could at least touch the tip. Um, but I never did it. And my flexibility came into question a few weeks ago because this question was asked to me and I didn't know if I could put both my legs behind my head again. Come to find out, I I can't even get them halfway up anymore. (laughs) Like they, (laughs) not only can I not extend over my head, they barely reach my nose. (laughs) Like it's that bad. Uh, once you hit 30, shit starts to tighten up. Chris is currently trying to, I don't think it's, I don't, I I don't think you could. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, I can touch my feet on the ground, but yeah, that's, that's a tough, that's a tall order, but I can't straighten my neck, my, my legs. (laughs) I can't straighten my legs. So, um, that requires a, a certain amount of flexibility that only yoga can provide. Um, so, when do you want to sign up for yoga? Yeah. 
Let's do hot yoga. Take, so when we do it, we're just want to take classes. get a bunch of sweat dripping in our mouths. Because if I could solve that, I don't need Stephanie anymore. You don't need anybody. <laughs> Look, I can control the speed. I can control the suction. I know what I like. What do I need you for? <laughs> it's a good thought. It's a good final thought. Yeah. Um, this was a fun one. Yeah. It's good to be back. I'm happy to be back. This was a good episode. I hope people enjoy it. I hope everyone enjoyed episode milestone episode number 20. It's a little lengthy, obviously, but there was good feedback. I had a lot of people personally, friends and so on, tell me like, hey, that was a really good episode. That was really cool. You know, so on and so forth. Our, um, our listeners went through the roof last week. Did they? <laughs> yeah, they did. It was pretty cool. So um, I was happy to see that. I was happy to see people, other people could share in the joy and other people may have been like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. And you know what? If that's the case, then fuck you. I don't want to hear from you. I'm going to just call him out now. Yeah. You love Corey. You message him. You direct message him all the time. You like him. You follow him. When is it going to be my time? When are you going <laughs> to reach out to me and say, man, I won't follow you, man. You're cool, man. You're cool. You're funny. You have to make it happen. You've got to be a man of the people. I mean... you got to be a goddamn people person. I'm a little awkward. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be honest. I mostly, get, uh, I mostly get hit up about... It's a lot of cigar stuff, but there's a lot of people listening to podcasts that'll ask questions. I have a very strong personality, and usually I, t- I try to tone it back when you first meet me. But trust me, people, when I get comfortable around you... Watch out. I am a weird fucking person. Yes, you are. Um, I just came to the realization that I didn't do the cigar of the week, as I had previously mentioned oh, before right, the podcast. So instead of doing it at the beginning, which was my intention, I'm going to now do it at the end of this podcast, and this is how we're going to conclude. Uh, so going forward, I, I'm going to do just a little bit of a segment called Cigar of the Week, because there are a lot of listeners who like to hear about cigars, that ask questions about them all the time. What do you, I, and this is what prompted it. When I was in Denver, I got hit up, same message by like five different people. Hey man, do you have anything that you've tried recently that you'd recommend? I had just bought those Cornelius and Anthony cigars. Mm-hmm. About three, the Ariel, the Meridian, and the Daddy Mac. Yeah. And I've now had a chance to smoke all three of them. Um, so Cigar of the Week, hands down, brand of the week for sure, is Cornelius and Anthony. Wanted to try these cigars for a really long time. Didn't want to commit to an entire box. One, because they're expensive. And two, I don't commit to boxes. They're $10 unless I try sticks, the aren't they? They're fucking expensive. Yeah. Yeah, like a box on JR is like 210 I think. Yeah. Robustos. They're expensive cigars. Um, luckily, I was able to get my hands on a couple five packs, which I was pretty stoked about. <clears throat> so it gave me the ability to try them. I've heard good things. Um, the Ariel was the first one that I tried. and. It knocked my socks off. It was so good. And Cornelius and Anthony, someone from their organization, whoever runs their Instagram, actually messaged me. Is that earlier this morning? Mm-hmm. I think earlier this morning. Um, and they said, hope you enjoy the cigars, blah, blah, blah. I messaged them back. I said, actually, I'm thinking about talking about your cigars a little bit on my podcast today. I've been so impressed with the cigars that you've made. I was like, very rarely am I wowed by cigars anymore because I've had so many. God, It makes it difficult to find something that really stands out and that's unique. And every single one in the lineup just fucking floored me. I finished up at the Daddy Mac last night. And you know. Is that the Toro? I believe they're all Toros. They're all Toros. Yeah. 
Um, and I will only message you guys. I'll only text you when I have something yeah, really yeah, good. Yeah, if yeah. I don't have, if, if I'm just smoking a fucking joke, I'm cigar, the same way. I don't really, I don't reach out to anybody. But if I'm having something that's really good, I have to, I'm like full alert. Like, you have to try this. This is yeah. fucking great. Um, so, in order of awesomeness, and all three of the cigars are smoked were awesome for Cornelius and Anthony. Ariel's number one, Daddy Max number two, and the Meridian's number three. And they were all fantastic. All just really well balanced. Great fucking construction. Draw was perfect. One was, the area was so smooth. Yeah. And it was just so creamy. It was light. It's just the flavor. I can't even explain the flavor. I, I wish I could tell you guys exactly what I was tasting at the time, but unfortunately I smoked earlier in the week. Um, but this is absolutely an endorsement I'm not getting paid for. For Cornelius and Anthony, fantastic cigar. Number one out of all those would be the Ariel. That is my absolute cigar of the week. I recommend it. And the Toro, that's what I smoked it in. Of course, I think any one of the other um, Vitolas would be good. But the Toro is what I had it in. Highly, highly, highly recommend it. If you can find them, smoke them. Yeah, I mean, I think your experiences are probably a little bit better than mine. Like, uh, for everybody who follows me, I post whether or not I like them or not. Just because I'm a cigar guy. Yeah, I do too. Um had the new nubs, the seasonal nubs. Mm-hmm. Um, had the new My Father Vegas Cubanus. Or it's not new, but it's this season's. Yeah. Um had the uh Ierora, um, which is like their twenty year anniversary. And then had the new uh uh Brickhouse. It's called uh, like American, but it's like the Connecticut um rapper honestly out of all of them they're okay yeah they were okay but i was not like floored by them then you'd like the cornelius and anthony i have a feeling like they're good they're good and i can honestly probably easily say they're worth the price but they're just you know i've had hundreds i mean I mean, honestly, I'm getting up to like the thousands. I feel like I'm getting closer to the thousand mark than I am like lower hundreds and different types of cigars. Um, I don't know. Uh, I'm looking forward to the smoke because I know you talked about giving me one uh, to yeah, try. If you would shut up and we could get off this, then <laughs> we could sorry. go smoke them. But now I'm at the point where I don't even know if I have time. Oh, that's sad. Well, you keep talking and then I can't get to them. I know. Anyway. Um, yes, Ariel, Cigar of the Week, Cornelius and Anthony, awesome. Sorry about your shitty cigars and your shitty cigar smoking experiences. They weren't shitty, they were just... Mm. They are just average. Yeah, they were that average. That happens. Yeah. I, I, that's more often than not what I experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I want to try everything. I do too. So I literally just buy I'll try everything. anything new. Yeah. yeah, I'll just try anything I haven't had before, and if I like it, I never have to try it again. Yeah. But I was really impressed with the Cornelius and Anthony lineup. So shout out to Cornelius and Anthony. Thank you for making fantastic cigars. As I've already told you, anybody who wants a really good stick that they likely haven't had, Cornelius and Anthony is not a massive company as it is right now. They're not overly distributed, but you can buy their stuff online. Highly recommend them. Even if you have to commit to a box, do it. Um, With that, this is episode number 21. And uh, please hit us up anytime. You can reach Chris on Instagram at Big6Chris. You can reach me on Instagram at the Hot Ticket Pod. Uh, you can also reach me on Twitter, which I was really active on this week. Got a lot of hate. Got a lot of Twitter hate. That's all right. Um, you can reach me on Twitter, which is the Hot Ticket PC. And with that, we will be back next week. This will be loaded tomorrow morning, September 29th, when you're listening to this on your lovely drive to work or your drive home for the weekend. 
we're going to be inside you. Bye, Georgie. <laughs> Bye, Georgie. Appreciate everyone listening. Take care, everyone.